I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 92 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. There are many, many, many ways to get in touch, get involved, let me know what you love, what you hate about the show. I'm sure there's a long list of things you love about the show. I am always happy to hear about it. But if you have any sort of things you don't want to hear about the show, that's fine. Let me know as well. Um, But guys, hopefully you've been enjoying the divisional breakdown series. I am getting super, super hyped. Football is right around the corner. Cannot wait. Inject it into my veins and Not only am I hyped to be talking football, I am super hyped about the guest this week. I mean, you guys know, if you've been around at all, you know it's all killer, no filler when it comes to guests on the Dynasty Debates. The first ever guest of Dynasty Debates is making his triumphal return. It is none other than Dave Heilman at Dynasty Dorks on Twitter. Absolute legend, hero, lord, host of the Dynasty Dorks pod and senior Dynasty analyst at Sports Gambling Podcast. Dave, how the heck are you, buddy? Doing fantastic. Just got back from vacation and looking forward to this show. Talk about my division rivals and my beloved New York Giants. Absolutely. It has been a while. It's been a hot minute since you've been on the show. I am super excited to have you back. And Dave has promised me completely non-biased breakdown of the NFC East or the NFC least, if you're nasty. Um, So we are going to be going through each and every team, all four of them. We are going to be talking what we like, what we don't like, our expectations. We're even going to give you some insight into maybe some players that we would want to get on our rosters before the season starts starts or maybe get off our rosters before the season starts cash in on a little hype and we're going to give you a sneaky stash for each team in the division so i hope that you have buckled in because it's going to be a great ride here but before we get into that i just want like i said very first ever guest back when it was literally no idea what i was doing no idea if this was going to work not saying it is working but we're certainly still here Fifteen thousand plus downloads later all thanks to Dave and his fantastic guest ship. So I'm excited to have Dave back. Dave, what has been happening with you? What is new? I believe you have started working with Sports Gambling Podcast since we last had you on the show, but what else is new? Yeah, so the Sports Gambling Podcast is literally brand new. Um, Just announced it before I flew out to the Dominican. And so I started this week with them. So I'm doing articles, rankings, as well as doing podcasts. I have Marcus Grant on the show Thursday as my first guest. And then um, I'm also doing uh, custom content and league podcasts with Maddie Daddy and Bourbon Dude. Um, So we're the FF firm. So if your dynasty team has has been in a wreck, just call the firm. 
And uh, we've been having a lot of fun with that. We got one with three leagues right now that we're doing uh, content for. And so we just had a rookie draft episode. So what we do is we do an actual live stream and we grade your drafts. And so it may be, Hey, your team was great. You got an a plus plus or your team sucks. And uh, I don't know if you can use profanity on this show, but there's been some uh, really nice comments made about teams. Um, And then I gave somebody a meme uh, as their report card because they had one draft pick. They got Isaiah Pacheco in the fourth. So I gave him the less Sneed um, F them draft picks meme as his report card. And so he put that on his fridge. So we're uh, getting the family involved as well. Love that. And um, I absolutely love that because one of the things that I've talked about on this show several times, and I know you're, you're a big fan of as well, is that fantasy football is supposed to be first and foremost fun. Like we're supposed to have fun with it. And that sounds like a lot of fun, a lot of banter. You know, that's one of the best things about fantasy is the trades, the banter, the smack talk, the trash talk when you win, the trash talk when you lose. Um, You know, it's just fantastic. So I'm all about that. It sounds like a great time. Definitely check that out. And let's just get right into it because I'm excited to talk about these Dallas Cowboys. The main event. So Dallas Cowboys, America's team, or so they say, um, they finished last year 12 and 5 in 2021. They were the division winners. So there you go. Had a very unceremonious uh, dumping from the playoffs, unfortunately for them, even though I believe they had some aspirations to go a little bit deeper into the playoffs. Um, Now, as far as what we're doing with this sort of divisional series, we're trying to give you a little bit of a refresher reminder of the team last year, any major changes. So was there coaching staff changes? Was there GM or back office changes? Um, Did they bring in any major signings and free agency? Did they draft any major? stud muffins in the draft and we're really just focusing on the offensive side of the ball we might discuss or touch on the defensive side of the ball as it relates but again this is not an idp podcast um i love idp so it's no shade at them it's just not like my specialty so as far as the coaching staff really it's pretty much run it back you know no major changes we did sort of think that there might be a change on the defensive side of the ball but it didn't actually transpire so looks like everybody is back gonna take it to the limit one more time weren't any major acquisitions in free agency they did bring in james washington um, from pittsburgh so that is something to keep an eye on but again not like a big name or a big splash they did trade away amari cooper to the browns so that's an interesting move for sure and they did give a contract extension, a massive contract extension to Michael Gallup, and they did lose Cedric Wilson. So there were some changes, certainly some things happening on the offensive side there in free agency and through trades. Um, in the draft, interestingly, they did draft Jalen Tolbert and tight end. So Jalen Tolbert's a wide receiver if you haven't been paying attention to the draft and that sort of the draft cycle. And then a tight end, Jake Ferguson. So those are sort of some of the major uh, moves, if you like. Nothing really to report as far as GM or 
coaching staff changes pretty similar there but a couple moves i think most significantly the getting rid of amari cooper um and then obviously the extension of gallup even though we had that you know pretty serious injury last year them extending him shows that he's pretty integral to their plans moving forward someone they really like having around but i'm going to throw it to dave here i want to get dave what's your initial sort of feelings thoughts um ideas about the dallas cowboys heading into 2022 how are you feeling about these divisional rivals of yours yeah, I think it's going to be a good team. Um, one of my biggest questions on the Dallas Cowboys is the offensive line. Um, that's really been – was one of the staples of that that offense for a long time, and it helped them establish the run, helped them protect Dak Prescott and his development. And the offensive line, they, they've had to make some improvements because they got old pretty quick and they lost a lot of key pieces. And uh, so they tried to attack the offensive line this year. Um, you know, in the draft, I think that was one of the, the – that was their for the first overall pick was an offensive lineman. Um, so I think that's, that's an underrated uh, move right there um, as far as them. And uh, we'll see how big of a loss is Amari um, Cooper. Um, it's pretty interesting with how much money they gave to Michael Gallup and then how little they got back for Amari Cooper. Some would have said, you know, it would have been better to just like, let Gallup go and keep Cooper um, who didn't, you know, tear his ACL late in the season. But we'll see. You know, Michael Gallup's had his, has had his injury issues, um, and you know Jalen Tolbert and James Washington still have a lot to prove. Yeah, definitely. It's certainly a season of transition. It feels like uh, for the offense. So one thing I try and do what we're doing in this divisional breakdown is right at the top. We're sort of saying just to give an idea, maybe a ballpark estimate. If you had to put a number to it, so on a scale of one to ten. How confident are you in these offensive pieces for our fantasy teams heading into 2022? So for the Cowboys, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an eight. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much right there with you. I've actually gone eight and a half. I'm sort of like torn because normally I would say like a nine, nine and a half for the Cowboys. But like you said, there's some just some unknowns, and I'm not saying they won't figure it out and they can't figure it out. I think they will figure it out, but it could be a little bit of a bumpier ride than we've been used to these last few years. Um, for me, a couple of things just before we transition into sort of you know the actual players that we're maybe looking to acquire or get rid of, kind of just highlighting my thoughts and my expectations for Dallas. You know, when we're looking back at what they accomplished last year, because they brought most, if not all of their coaching staff back again, we're sort of expecting pretty similar, you know, style of play. They've got the same offensive coordinator, same head coach. We're not expecting any major changes. And one couple of things here worth thinking about, you know, they had the second highest pace of play in 2021. So they were just cranking out those plays. They were getting in there, getting after it, which is great. You love that for fantasy because it means more opportunities. Every time a play is happening, something good could happen for your fantasy teams. So we love to see that. They were actually, I know there was a lot of, I think, disappointment in a lot of the Cowboys players last year overall because how high our expectations were for them. But, um, you know, I think maybe people were a little bit disappointed in Dak, a little bit, a little bit disappointed in CD, a little bit disappointed in Amari, a little bit disappointed in Zeke. That was my general feeling was, you know, the vibe that I was getting from people. But, but if you actually look at their offense as a whole, one thing that you can look at, um, you know, statistically, analytically is called DVOA. And what that basically means is like defensive adjusted, uh, basically the value over uh, expected over average. So basically they're looking at how much value did this offense, did this team really 
bring or produce above what was expected of them above of an average. And they were actually finished sixth in DVOA as an offense. So really, really good. I mean, almost the top five offense is pretty dang tasty, uh, especially when you think that we feel like, and I agree that they didn't really actually hit their ceiling. They didn't hit what they're fully capable of. And part of that, let's not forget, could be Dak just coming off a horrific ankle injury the year before that made him miss pretty much the entire season. I've already heard some rumors um, from the Cowboys camp, if you will, that there could be more Dak rushing this year, which would be great for fantasy because that was always one of the things that we loved about Dak was his rushing floor and those rushing touchdowns that gave him just that upside that we really love. Didn't see much of that, but it could be a bounce back year for him now that he's fully a year removed from that and feeling more confident with his ankle. A couple of other things just about their offense. When we look into the, some of the stats about how successful were they at different types of plays run versus pass they were 48 percent successful in their run rate which is 20th so it wasn't great and i think again that proves your point dave that you made about their offensive line kind of getting a bit older struggling a bit getting some injuries zeke isn't as young as he once was um you know so there's definitely there was definitely room for improvement when we go over to the pass side of the ball they had a 50 percent success rate which was actually fifth in the nfl so you know, definitely they're able to spread the ball around. They're able to get some success in the passing game. And it's really interesting when you start looking at these stats, you realize how even the worst quote unquote teams in the NFL are really good because you're talking couple percentage points difference can make such a massive difference. When you talk about 50% success rate versus like a 47%, that doesn't sound like a major difference, but that could be the difference between like a top five offense or a middle of the pack or like even a bottom third offense. So I thought that was really interesting as well, but it is, you know, those are the kind of edges that we're looking for in fantasy. So overall they were a 50% success rate, which was 11th. So top third of the league, definitely solid. They had the fifth most targets to wide receiver position. 11th to the running back and 10th to the tight end. So again, the reason I bring those stats up is I think that it proves that there is a lot of fantasy goodness out of this team, out of the way they play football um, and out of just in general, the players that they do have on their roster. So moving from that kind of transitioning into some actual players, maybe that we would look at possibly getting onto our rosters or maybe even moving off our rosters. We're going to talk about sort of a buy, a big buy, a big buy, good buy or a sneaky stash so i'm gonna let guests go first here dave who do you got for us as far as a buy for the dallas cowboys yeah so i'm gonna give you a two-pack here uh again non-biased uh dalton schultz um dalton schultz is you know he's really proven to be a consistent fantasy producer at a position that is extremely difficult to predict and right now his current ADP is 69.9, which is tight end seven. So you're getting him in the, you know, the sixth, seventh round. And, um, you know, he, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I think there's some high expectations for him. One of the key indicators to top end tight end success is being a top two target getter on your team. And if you're the Dallas Cowboys and Michael Gallup's coming off an injury, Jalen Tolbert's, you know, he's, he's young. You can see an increase in targets. He only had 102 targets last year, and he did a whole lot with it. If you see a target increase from Dalton Schultz, he can easily be a top three tight end. Yeah, no, I think, you know, first of all, 
hot tip for non-biased, you know, breakdown here. I know how much that must pain you. You must, your soul must be absolutely in agony having to say nice things about the Cowboys. So I respect it. I respect it. I, I think you're hundred percent right with Schultz because, you know, and I have to hold up my hands. I actually, I think right after the season, I was sort of saying Schultz is probably like a sell, you know, because I just, I never was that impressed with his profile. I was never that impressed with him as a tight end. I thought he just made the most of his opportunity. But the fact that they've kept him around and they didn't heavily invest in any other tight ends, the fact that they want him around and the fact that he has done so well, you just have to go with it at stages. You have to stay water. You have to change your view. And so I 100% agree. And I think what you can do in a lot of leagues especially if it's maybe a startup or a newer league or maybe you're taking over an orphan is Schultz doesn't have, he doesn't get that same respect, I guess, if you want to call it or whatever, that a lot of these other tight ends, you know, you talk about Mark Andrews, everyone's like, oh yeah, definitely a stud. You know, you talk about Travis Kelsey getting older, but a stud. Um, even Darren Waller still, he, I think he solidified his place as a stud for most people, but you talk about Schultz and I think everyone's kind of a little bit like, eh, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this guy, but you're right. I mean, in an in in offense that is as fast and as prolific as the one we've just talked about, again, sixth in DVOA, second highest pace of play, and to your point, 10th in targets to the tight end. And that's, that is what you want. And the great thing is, is that there's not anybody else really. It's not one of those situations where there's two or three tight ends that are kind of all stealing from each other. Uh, so I like it. I totally dig it. I think for me, my sort of big buy at the moment is Jalen Tolbert and you've kind of touched on it there. He is a rookie, but again, with this being dynasty, you know, I think that's part of it for me is the fact that a, I really, really liked his tape like pre-draft when you dug into it, he came from a smaller school. So he wasn't getting the hype and the buzz that you would get if he came out of, you know, Alabama or Ohio state. And he was in school a little bit longer. So again, I think some people like the analytics community, maybe are a bit down on him. Don't like that, but that lends itself to being more mature, more ready for the NFL when he's come out because he's got that experience. They obviously really liked him, prioritized getting him on. And there's, there's a clear need there you know, Amari Cooper is gone. He had a lot of targets in this um, offense. They throw the ball to the wide receiver position an awful lot. You know, they're literally fifth most targets to the wide receiver. So there's a lot of targets to wide receivers and they're only real solid wide receivers at the start of the season are going to be CD lamb pretty much. I mean, that's their only established go-to dude. There's other guys that could step up, other guys that could make a name for themselves, but Gallup is just going to be coming back from a serious injury. There's definitely a chance there for Tolbert to make a name for himself. And right now, in a lot of rookie drafts, I mean, I've seen Tolbert going in the mid to late second round, third round sometimes, depending on the draft. So I think you can really get a deal on him. If you look at the sleeper, so this is the sleeper ADP. Sleeper is the app that I personally prefer playing on um, for fantasy football. That's why we keep referring to sleeper ADP. It's not because it's a specific type of ADP. It's just the ADP that you can get off of sleeper, uh, the fantasy platform that I play pretty much all my leagues on. And I think Dave is similar. Um, a lot of people play MFL. A lot of people play Yahoo, but we're just referring to sleepers ADP. And this is Superflex um, tight end premium startup ADP. He comes in at wide receiver 60. So you're not having to pay a premium to get into this. You want players that are good and you want players players on prolific offenses if you can have your rathers so there's a world where Jalen Tolbert 
is the wide receiver two on this team at the end of the year. You know, there's, there is that world, you know, but even if he's the wide receiver three, it's still, you know, Gallup was the wide receiver three and he was valuable for fantasy when he was healthy. He was still usable. So I think get yourself some Jalen Tolbert. You won't regret it. Transitioning then to our biggest buy, goodbye, BYE. Who do you got for us? Who are you saying goodbye to off the roster? Yeah. So bye. This is a tough one because I honestly like most of the pieces here. Um, I even think that, you know, Michael Gallup, where he's being drafted is someone you can buy B U I. Um, but I, I put Dak Prescott here and unless we see the rushing upside increase, it's really hard to pay the QB seven price when there's so many good quarterbacks. And so if you're talking super flex or single quarterback, you're paying a lot. You're really kind of almost getting Dak at his ceiling when there's a lot of people that you could target and you could get um, around the same value. Um, Well, at least it's the same um, production, but a better value. I agree with you in that it's tough. There's not a lot of obvious sells in the, in the, you know, in the Cowboys because there's a lot of guys I'm interested in or I like, or for example, like, you know, a lot of people would say Zeke maybe, but I don't really feel like you're not going to get much for him. You're probably going to get more value from him, just keeping him on your roster, if, especially if you're in any sort of a contender or maybe even acquiring him for cheap enough because everyone is so far out on him. So I literally walked into, not even kidding, I walked into a petrol station um, in this random little town in Northern Ireland today with my Volkswagen van. I was just filling up some petrol, went in to pay, and I have my Chargers hat on. Um, I'm a Vikings fan, but I really like Justin Herbert. I've got this new Chargers hat, and I'm wearing this hat. And honestly, I'm in this little, like, one-horse town, Northern Ireland, you know, and this dude, like, literally comes up to me, and he's like, oh, did you buy that because they were all out of Cowboys gear? I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> in this little town in Northern Ireland, like, one-horse town, there's guys, Cowboys fans, talking smack, talking trash to people. They're everywhere. You can't get away from them. So, um, yeah, it was a funny little run-in. But my my biggest buy, BYE, is actually probably going to ruffle some feathers here. Might, might you know, get a hit put on me out here in the Twitter streets, but it's actually CD lamb. And before you turn off the podcast and before you start writing a hate letter to me, just hear, hear me out and don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying CD lamb is a bum. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm not saying I hate him. I actually have CD lamb on several rosters myself. Why I'm saying he's a sell is he comes in as the wide receiver four on sleeper ADP. The wide receiver four, to me personally, I just feel like that's a bit insane because you're talking wide receiver four. You're talking the same air as Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, these guys who have lit the world on fire. They have set records. They have snapped necks and written checks. And honestly, as much as I like CeeDee Lamb, he hasn't done that. And I understand these CD Lamb apologists out there are screaming at the uh, headphones and making a million and one excuses. And some of them could be rational and could be legitimate. But in all honesty, we've already touched on it. You know, this is a great offense. This is sixth in DVOA. This is a 56, a 50% success pass rate, which is fifth in the NFL, fifth most targets to the wide receiver position. This is a great offense to be attached to. And he hasn't done that much with it. He finished wide receiver 22 his rookie year, which is fine. That's completely respectable. Rookie year, 100% understandable. But he only finished wide receiver 19 in his sophomore year, in his second year, and he played 16 games. It's not like he missed half the season with injury. Um, you know, there was even Amari Cooper getting banged up at times. Michael Gallup was missing some time. Again, 
people make a lot of excuses and I could be wrong, but man, I feel like if he hasn't, I feel like one of my personal the stances that I make, the way I feel about players is the true, true alphas don't need someone to move out of the way. They don't need um, vacated targets or whatever. They literally take the targets. They are like, listen, I am the best player on the field. You will throw me the ball because I'm so wide open and I'm just going to make things happen. That is what happened with Jamar Chase. That is what happened with Justin Jefferson. That is what happened with, you know, when Devonta Adams ascended. That is what happened with Devonta Adams. That is what happens with these guys who, when they step on the field, the AJ Browns, they are the ones getting the monster target shares. They are the ones, I mean, we're talking about, again, a team that throws fifth most to the wide receivers and he only got 120 targets. That, to me, is a problem for somebody who's being, you know, valued as a wide receiver four in Dynasty. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be honest with you. I'm not even 100% comfortable with him as my wide receiver one on my team in Dynasty. If, I, if, he's my, if I've gone running back, running back, and I'm really, like, hitting running backs and everything, and I go and, like, CeeDee Lamb's my wide receiver one, and then I have lesser wide receivers after him, I'm not like, oh, man, I've smashed. I'm, like, I'm going to dominate this league, you know, because he hasn't shown me that yet. He hasn't shown me that he is an elite, elite wide receiver who's worthy to be considered the third or fourth wide receiver taken in a draft. So that's my sort of spiel. And again. If he was wide receiver 12 or wide receiver 15, I wouldn't be having this rant or anything. But when somebody's valued as a wide receiver two, three, four overall, usually you can get an absolute haul for them. You can usually get a player, a couple of firsts, you know, some just absolute haul that makes your team that much better. And for me personally, I would probably be looking to cash in on that hype with somebody who hasn't even finished as a wide receiver one in his two years in the NFL. I don't understand why he's being valued as not just a wide receiver one, but like a top three, top four option of wide receiver. So that's my sort of spiel. And I believe you are a pretty big CD lamb, dude. What's your rebuttal? What's your take on this, Dave? Yeah. So um, I think that his wide receiver four, um, ADP has a lot more to do with the guys around him um, in the rankings than than him. So we've had some really we've been really blessed with some good rookie seasons um, and some rookie talent the last few years. But let's not forget, it does usually take a couple years for receivers to bloom. And I think he could be one of the guys that breaks out this year, um, along with Rashad Bateman, Michael Pittman, those kind of guys. Again, like I said, it's just my take on it personally. And again, please, please, if you're listening to this, don't hear what I'm not saying. I am not suggesting that you like panic sell CD Lamb for anything. I'm saying that if someone is coming to you with a King's Ransom for CD Lamb because they see him as the wide receiver two or three in Dynasty, me personally, I'm quite happy trading. If I can get um, a, like somebody we've talked about, if I can get Jalen Waddle and a 23 first for CD Lamb, I'm doing that all day, every day, personally. Like, I just think there's not enough of a difference there for me to not want to, like, increase my uh, future kind of draft capital situation um, based on who he is now and who I see him to be in the future. He could definitely be a wide receiver one, but is he top three or four? I think if you can cash in, that that would be my take on it. But I, see, yeah. again, I know that's a bit spicy and probably not going to be a super popular take. But let's <laughs> go on here because we could spend three hours talking about C.D. Lamb. What's a, what about a sneaky stash? Is there anybody that's sort of you think, hey, look, this guy is going to be super cheap to get hold of or maybe even on the waiver wire but you think could return value on the cowboys uh james washington um they run a lot of three receiver sets and they're already you know we're even questioning if michael gallops can be ready to go for preseason so um he could see the field early um cedric wilson had some production and we talked already michael gallup had some production as a wide receiver three 
I think everybody's assuming it's Jalen Tolbert and myself included. Um, but James Washington's probably even on your dynasty leagues, he's probably uh, you know, could be available um, on the waiver wire, or he's the kind of guy that you were like, hey, just throw James Washington on the trade and I'll accept it. And they're like, okay, whatever, just take him. Yeah, no, I think that's a great pick because. Like you said, he was a talented guy coming out of college. He never really kind of hit the ground running in Pittsburgh. Um, So there is a lower chance that he is the dude, but he's basically free. Like you can pretty much pick him in probably like the 25th round of your drafts if it's a startup or he may be on the waiver wire depending on how deep the league is. Or again, like you say, super easy to get him thrown in. And if he does do anything, you can flip him. For me, um, just a guy that came to my mind was actually Jake Ferguson. So he was the tight end, rookie tight end drafted this year. And sort of the reasons why I thought of him was because of like what we talked about with Dalton Schultz. I was never overly impressed with Dalton Schultz. I never thought he was an absolute stud. He's a, he's a dude. He's taken the most, he's made the most of his opportunity. He's done really well in Dallas, but there was definitely a time even last year, going into last year, where there was a big, is it Blake Jarwin? Is it Dalton Schultz? We don't know. And he's currently on the situation where he's, you know, they want to sign him on the franchise tag. They haven't agreed a long-term extension. Jake Ferguson, interestingly enough, um, when I had Alfredo Brown on my show pre-draft and we were doing our tight end breakdowns, he actually comped Jake Ferguson to Dalton Schultz, funnily enough. He ends up getting drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. They throw to the tight end at the 10th highest rate in the NFL. And Jake Ferguson is almost free. He's tight end 37 in a startup at the moment. Like nobody wants him. Nobody knows who he is. I just think he's a super cheap free-ish dart throw that if anything, obviously we're not hoping for this, but if anything did happen to Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson could step into a pretty interesting role. Same way that Dalton Schultz ultimately stepped into a role because Blake Jarwin got hurt. You know, at that stage, Blake Jarwin was the dude. He was going to be the guy. Um, and Dalton Schultz made the most of his opportunity. Very similar way Jake Ferguson could do that. Or if Jake Ferguson is just playing really well, shows out in camp and things like that, could all of a sudden just work his way into a role there, especially if you're in any sort of a tight end premium league. But that would be my sneaky stash. There we go. We've talked a long time about the Dallas Cowboys, but I suppose they are America's team. They deserve a bit. <laughs> They deserve a bit of airtime here. Do you have a hot take for us? Not a, not a hot take. I shouldn't say hot take. Hot take, I feel like, is very a very like wishful thinking, sort of just clutching at straws maybe. But do you have a, a bold prediction, something you think is really seriously within the realm of outcomes but maybe sound a bit spicy to people? Maybe this one sounds spicy to you. I'm going to put CeeDee Lamb finishes as a top five receiver this year. That is definitely spicy to me. That is very spicy. I would love to see it. Like I genuinely would. So please, I feel like everyone's going to just basically say, oh, you hate CD Lamb. I don't hate CD Lamb. I just don't see it yet. And I haven't seen flashes of it even. So I would love to see that. That is certainly bold. That is spicy to me. My bold prediction is I actually think Zeke will finish as a top 12 running back again this year, which is going to piss so many people off and they're going to be so angry and they're going to talk about, well, what was his points per game and all this sort of stuff. But I think Zeke is going to get the ball a lot. He's still going to get a lot of targets and I think he'll probably finish as a top 12 running back yet again. Um, Super, super reliable Zeke. And yeah, it'll be very funny off season again next year to hear everybody argue about why it should have been Tony Pollard or why (laughs) Zeke sucks or something like that so there you have it folks that is our that is our takes hot and hot and not uh about the dallas cowboys hopefully you have enjoyed that i draft zero rb in dynasty pass up a young receiver nah i couldn't be me 
My fist wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those Arby's You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those Arby's on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate